This is a Squiz Kids podcast. Your fresh take on what's happening in the world around you. Each week we give the world globe a spin and see where we land. Then we take the kids of Australia on an audio excursion to visit that country and its people. I'm Amanda Bauer and today on Squiz the World we're visiting the Marshall Islands, a country of only 58,000 people. That's about the same population as Wagga Wagga in New South Wales. The Marshall Islands are also one of the least visited countries in the world, but that could be about to change with direct flights from Australia having just started. So strap yourselves into the Squiz Kids Superfast Supersonic Jetliner as we take off and take a squiz at the Marshall Islands. Just the facts. The Marshall Islands are near the equator in the Pacific Ocean between Australia and Hawaii. The country is made up of 1,156 individual islands and islets, which is a word for a very little island. Of all the territory that makes up the Republic of the Marshall Islands, 98% is water. That is a higher proportion than any other country in the world. Now, because of all that water and all those different islands, Marshallese people are some of the best sailors and navigators in the world. For thousands of years, they've made navigational charts or maps out of sticks, coconut fronds, fibre and cowrie shells. The charts don't just show sailors where the islands are, but also what kind of ocean swells and currents flow around them. These map-making methods were passed down from father to son, and the Marshallese only stopped using the method of navigating after World War II, when electronic navigation devices were introduced. Still, if the GPS fails, they'll have something to fall back on. Check your episode notes for some cool links to stick charts. Now, the Marshall Islands also contain the world's biggest shark sanctuary, which means that shark fishing is banned over 2 million square kilometres of ocean. There are also about 300 species of fish and four different kinds of turtles. If you like scuba diving, and I sure do, the Marshall Islands are a great place to visit. Whenever you travel, it's important to learn a few words in that country's language. It's a great way to show respect. So let's learn the lingo. In the Marshall Islands, there are two official languages, Marshallese and English. English because the islands were under American control after World War II, and actually the American dollar is still legal currency in the Marshall Islands. Now, we tried hard to find a squiz kid who speaks Marshallese, but so far, no luck. If you do, let us know and we'll edit this podcast to include you. In the meantime, though, you'll have to make do with me trying to teach you a few things in Marshallese. Here's how you say hello. Yokwe, which means love. Isn't that a beautiful way to greet someone with love? Give it a try. Yokwe. And here's how you say thank you. Komul. Your turn. Komul. Now that we can communicate a teensy bit, it's... Time for school. More than half of the population of the Marshall Islands lives on the island of Majuro, which also contains the capital. But in the outer islands, many people live on about a dollar a day and their lives are very different from yours and mine. 
The Arno Atoll community, for example, shares a couple of phones and cars between the 2,000 people who live there. They have no electricity or hot water, but they sure have amazing beaches. Check your episode notes for a really great day in the life of Arno Atoll, which comes from ABC Radio Australia. Now, in those outer islands, school looks very different to what we're used to. Most students have no textbooks and there are frequent power outages or, on the Arno Atoll, no power at all. So many of the outer island schools hold classes outside and they teach kids using song. School is compulsory and free until year eight. Then students take an exam to get into high school. If they pass, high school is free. If they don't, it'll cost them. And many kids can't afford to go. There are three high schools in Majuro, but if you live on the outer islands, you'll need to go to one of two public boarding schools and live separately from your family during term time, just like some Aussie kids do if their family lives in a remote part of the country. Now, I am going to bet that every kid in the Marshall Islands learns about one specific event in their country's history. And it's all about bikinis. What? Bikinis? Stay with me, I'll explain. Believe it or not. There's a group of islands called the Bikini Atoll in the Marshall Islands. The name comes from the Marshallese name for them, Pikini. Back when the islands were under United States control, the US conducted 23 nuclear tests there after the Second World War. As in, America exploded 23 nuclear bombs in the Marshall Islands after they'd dropped two nuclear bombs on Japan to end the war with them. The testing in the Marshall Islands lasted until 1958. Now, if you're anything like me, your first question is, what about the Marshallese people who were living on the islands? Well, they were moved away before the tests were done. But in 1970, about 100 people moved back to their Bikini home islands after being told it was safe to do so. Ten years later, scientists found dangerously high levels of radioactivity, which comes from nuclear bombs, among other things, in those people's bodies and in their water supply. Everyone was re-evacuated and they are still fighting for compensation from the American government. So what does nuclear testing on the Bikini Atoll in the Marshall Islands have to do with swimwear? Well, the French designer who invented the skimpy two-piece swimsuit first released it in July 1946, four days after the first bomb was tested in the Bikini Atoll. He hoped that his revealing new cosy would create an explosive commercial and cultural reaction. So he called it the bikini. And he got what he wished for. When the swimsuit arrived in the United States, some states banned it for being too revealing and provocative. So there you have it. Oh, would you look at the time? We'd better wash our hands and get ready for... Dinner time. Perhaps not surprisingly, for a country made up mostly of water, the Marshallese eat a lot of fish. OK, a lot is not very precise, let me be more specific. The Marshallese eat 100 kilograms of fish per person each year, on average. 
fishing is a common activity on the islands, of course, and there are 50 various phrases and words in the Marshallese language devoted to fishing techniques. So perhaps not surprisingly, the national dish is barramundi cod wrapped and steamed in banana leaves. And it's often served with something called chukuchuk. Chukuchuk are coconut rice balls. You need only two ingredients to make them. I'll leave that up to you to figure out their coconut rice balls. It's probably not very hard. And there's a recipe for them in your episode notes. Tuck in. Time for the quiz. This is the part of the podcast where you get to test how well you've been listening. Question number one. The Marshall Islands has the world's largest sanctuary for which marine animal? That's right, it's the shark. (coughs) Question number two. We said that residents of Arno Atoll shared two pieces of modern technology between them. What were they? You would have had to be listening really carefully. Congratulations if you got mobile phones and cars. And question number three. For thousands of years, Marshallese sailors have made objects out of sticks, shells and coconuts to do what? I'll accept make a map or navigate. That's all we have time for today. Thanks for staying curious about the world and joining me on this incredible trip to the Marshall Islands. Now get out there and have a most excellent day. Over and out. These episodes are edited and engineered by Carter Quinn. If you enjoyed that little trip, don't forget that every Wednesday all through the Christmas holidays, the Squiz Kids Superfast Supersonic Jetliner will take off weekly to explore a new country. We've got Latvia, Cuba, Ireland and more on our itinerary. And on Saturdays, Bryce will be challenging you and your grown-ups to a kids versus adults quiz on a different topic each week. And on Mondays, we'll be releasing a Squiz Kids shortcut where we'll dive into the who, what, where, when, why and how of big topics like sharks, YouTube, fireworks and more. All of this amazing content is absolutely free. Consider it Bryce's and my gift to you this festive season. And if you just can't get enough, don't forget about Newshounds, our brand new media literacy program for primary school kids. Your chance to join Squizzy the Newshound as he sniffs out the truth on the internet. If you're keen to know more, head to www.squizkids.com.au. And of course, if this is the first time you've come across us, Squiz Kids Today is a free daily news podcast during the school term, a kid-friendly take on the big news headlines, and we're available wherever you get your podcasts or on our website, squizkids.com.au.